Hello, welcome to the Red and Blue podcast. I'm your host, Aaron, and I'm a member of the UK Conservative Party. Joining me is my friend and co-host from the other side of the political aisle, Josh, who is a member of the UK Labour Party. Political civility is our mission and our cause, and we aim to discuss the week's news with all of that in mind. Now, on with the show. Chancellor Rishi Sunak has unveiled the contents of his budget in the House of Commons. Um, Josh, what did you think of the budget that was presented by the Chancellor of the Exchequer? So, I find budgets are always, I've always been fascinated with them. Even when I was a kid, I used to remember coming home, and this is sad, but turning on the news and they'd always do some really good infographics. Even back, back in our day when we were younger, that would say cigarettes up 50p you know, uh, booze up a pound and then they would go off and waffle on about kind of some other stuff. So I've always found it interesting. Mm. Um, but I read a, a really good um, description of a budget. I think it was Ian Dunn that said they, and I'm going to have to paraphrase slightly, but they are essentially um, a heap of numbers and unpenetrable waffle <laughs> that it's almost, imp- it's almost impossible to uh, understand exactly what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think there's a huge element of that, isn't there? Um, I find, you know, the politics of it kind of really interesting, which we'll come on to in a minute. But um, it's always, yeah, always difficult to uh, try and peel back the layers and what it actually means. I think out of any kind of government policy, the budget seems to be the hardest one to get to grips with what it actually means. Mm. Um, because the numbers, when you start talking about billions and trillions and, um, you know, the amount that we spend on the NHS a day, it's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? Um, and you think a lot of it just is lost in rounding errors. It's uh, It can be incomprehensible, but we'll do our best, and lots of people do kind of do their best. So with that said, on the whole... Um, I mean, none of it was that surprising, I think, because it's all been strategically leaked for the last week um, to, to various newspapers. I mean, what do, you th- what do you think on that before we go into it? It used to be back in the day that the budget would be tight-lipped and a surprise to anybody that um, until it was kind of relieved, uh, given out in the comments. But now it seems that it's all very well briefed. Yeah, well, I, I sort of prefer the ultimate reveal, so to speak. So I'm not entirely sure what I think about, about the leaks. But in terms of the, the tax rises in principle, uh, I mean, you're probably going to know what my opinion is on tax rises overall because I, I lean more right and I'm not a fan, generally speaking. However, I do understand that in exceptional circumstances, then things need to be done differently, even if I don't necessarily want it, if, if it needs to be done to cover these, what's happened then in these un, in these unprecedented times. Well, that's right. TM. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that I would have maybe wanted to see a potential plan for bringing it back down because my general mantra is that Tories don't raise taxes; they cut taxes. So if the Tories sure. are raising them, which is what they don't normally do, it would be it would be like if Labour cut taxes. I think a lot of people in the Labour Party would say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa what are we doing?" Um, yeah, so so I, I think that from my perspective, I would have maybe or have wanted to see a potential later down the line, this will be reviewed so we can bring it back down again. But other than that, 
I understand why why they're doing yeah, it. I quite like the idea of a big reveal, although the phrase I'm not too sure is well what my uh, imagination does. Um, I don't want to see Richie Sunak kind of big reveal at the at the dispatch box, but I think initially, kind of on the whole, and maybe that is because the some of the blow was softened in, in the week, and hmm. um, and as with all these things now, the impenetrable as it does, uh, amount of words and waffle that's in there trying to cut through it a lot becomes kind of clearer in the next weeks um or months as these things start to take grip but i kind of thought my gut feeling was well yeah it's all right it's kind of as i expected now i'm not sure it's a tra- particularly traditional uh, conservative um budget as you kind of pointed out um and i think that probably is what just because of a one-off what's happening at the moment and um, it did feel a lot was kind of again playing into that kind of brand brand richie that um is trademarked and going all the way around twitter and you know of him in his him in his comfy comfy hoodies and him being a, a mexican coke addict <laughs> and you know it felt very much uh a brand richie um we should probably clear up the Mexican coke addict before we go on, before I start talking about tax and depth. Yeah, yeah, that's libelous, what you just said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah. but he sort of reminds me of, um, you know, if you have like a, like a US Democrat who's really popular and he's going, he's meeting like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and he's being Instagrammed and so it sort of reminds me of yeah. that, really, but on the, to- <laughs> the Tory side yeah, slightly. Yeah, which he, he, he possibly is our first kind of TikTok uh, MP, I suppose. Um one for the ages. Now, just on the Mexican Coke thing, if people haven't seen it, uh, look it up. It's a brilliant, almost kind of Alan Partridge-esque um, meeting with a couple of kids at school talking about how he used to drink. Am I right? He did, Oh, no, he's got seven fillings, all because he used to drink too much Coca-Cola, and he now says he only drinks one one glass a week or something, mm. one can a week. Uh, but he said <laughs> that... That, you know, is not as good as the Mexican Coke, a cola that is made from what is it? Is it made from made from pine sugar or something like that? Right. Okay. Anyway. Well, I mean, as we, as we remember, when Coca Cola was first found out, there was actually cocaine in it when it when it was first released in the eighteen hundreds. Which whatever. is so on the tax front. Hmm. I think there was some interesting kind of philosophical points, wasn't there? That you know, some of the Labour backbenchers um, were calling on corporate tax. It kind of found it. A bit of an odd ground in that the Conservatives are saying we're going to raise corporation tax. Uh, lay, the Labour backbenchers are saying, yeah, raise it. You know, all corporate corporations should be paying for all of this. Mm. Uh, and Keir Starmer saying, uh, I'm not sure that's the best approach. Uh, and I agree with Keir on this. Mm-hmm. Although I should probably get that as a t-shirt because it's fast becoming a catchphrase. Um, <laughs> but... I suppose they found a happy medium in that corporation tax isn't going to rise until April 2023, mm. uh, which I quite like the idea of because there's no point for me uh, raising corporation tax whilst the economy's still uh, kind of tanking or not growing mm. because you're going to squeeze companies. I think I said, might say it last week, I said it off air to you that um, if companies are being squeezed by Brexit, the last thing they need to be is squeezed again by uh, 5%, is it 4, 4%, oh no, 6%, sorry, growth in um, corporation tax in, 20, in 2023. So but if that happened now, 
that again put a lot of pressure on corporations. Do you think it, do you think it's the principle that that labor are so as I was saying before Tories typically cut taxes labor typically raises taxes uh, just generally speaking do you think that it's maybe the yeah. principle that they're saying so if you were to ever ask your average labor voter whatever that means as a broad group of people obviously like would you want to raise taxes on any of these things their answer would be most likely yes do you think it's maybe a bit I of think that if you ask most most people on the street should corporation tax go up I think a lot of people are going to probably say yes. Um, rather, corporation tax and their own personal tax go up. Um, so, you know, it is a largely popular thing. Is that maybe because it doesn't affect yeah, them? Yeah, but I think people don't realise the correlation between if a company's paying more tax, that means less money for compensation, uh, wages, bonuses, um, all the nice fluffy bits that you might get for working somewhere. Um, you know, so it, there is an impact on that. And... I always struggle with a trick. Like, you know, I'm quite keen on corporation tax. Uh, I think 19% is quite low, I think, uh, which is what we're at at the moment. I think it's the lowest in the G7. And I think America might even be on 25% um, as a rule. I think I've read that. Um, but, you know, there's got to be a balance where you stop, you don't put companies off uh, setting up here, especially post Brexit. You don't want to be a low. I don't want to be a low tax haven, which I know some Brexiters want, um, because I think you know there's a duty to pay into the system. And I'm fairly, as we've said before, I'm kind of fairly big state, and I like that support net being there for those that need it, mm. um, and spending on schools and frontline services. You know that comes from tax, fine. So you know I think there's there's got to be a balance, um, and I feel this balance is probably quite right. Um, on the especially as it, I think it's not only is it phase sorry not only is it coming in April twenty three but it's also going to be structured so if you earn over if a profits over a certain amount you're going to get taxed a certain percentage and it's going to it's a sliding scale much like income tax so I think that's quite a good thing yes yeah, a slight proportionate tax I guess it's a hard one to and we'll touch on it later just when we talk about taxes in general but it's a hard one to get right isn't it because you've got to have the margins correct because otherwise you'll be um, stifling innovation you know so to speak so it's it's a, it's a tricky one to a tricky one to get right for sure yeah, i'm not keen on the uh, tax-free personal allowance being frozen um to 2026 so okay fair enough you can't bind the next chancellor or the next government if it was a to be a labor government or whatever but it kind of feels that if um the tory party might be team rishi in the come the next election then it's going to be one that probably stays the only reason that i'm kind of i don't like the fact that it's frozen it kind of sounds good uh, but actually it's a real-time tax uh, increase in real terms sorry for a lot of people so if you're if you're lucky enough to get a a wage a salary increase a incremental salary increase or something like that it you know it does mean you're going to start paying percentage of more tax and there's a lot i think i read that 1.3 million people uh are extra it's going to include into the top bracket into the top tax bracket mm, right yeah um so you know that again is quite on on tory really um but also it just feels a bit harsh for me for people considering that i think it's only re- only raising 19 19 billion or something like that it seems which you know in the grand scheme of government spending seems like a drop in the ocean uh, i'm not too keen on it on that one as a policy. Well, I had a bit of an issue with where some of the money was going. So I, I read on uh, one of the articles about it that 
There was uh, apparently £400 million going to help arts venues in England, including museums and galleries. And I'm just thinking, look, I love art, don't get me wrong, but £400 million? Am I missing something there? Is that a bit a bit much? Yeah, so I, I don't know the depth of what I do, the spend is um, to run one of these museums, but, you know, they have... If that's the art... Is it art museum or is it the arts and museums? Um, oh, it just says art for art venues, but look, okay, here's maybe something we'll slightly disagree on. I just, if a museum or a gallery or whatever can't survive on a commercial basis, I don't know how much I agree with the idea of the government running that and the taxpayer running that. I know it sounds nice in theory, but I just, I think it sort of just goes a bit further beyond the post. A lot, a lot of museums um, are either charity status or government funded, aren't they? So you don't have to pay, for example, to go to the National History Museum, National Science Museum, or the Tate, or any of that kind of stuff. Mm. And I kind of feel, you know, if you live near there, uh, which you used to, but if you live there with kids and stuff, then it's a fantastic um, free or relatively cheap day out. Oh, I love it. But, don't get me wrong. Hey, I love the History Museum, the Science... I mean, the Tate Modern can eat my ass as far as I'm concerned. But, <laughs> but I, the, the, the the science and the history, oh, yeah, they're amazing. I think they can be quite important for education. And I think after the year we've had, and I guess this is where some of the politics are, some of it, you know, just to go back to having some nice things could be money well spent in terms of well-being um, and culture. You know, culture. We do have a culture secretary. Mm-hmm. Um, allegedly, we do have. Um, I think they. I think they are things that are important. Uh, whether the what the exact figure is, you should spend on them. I'm not too sure, but I think for a government that spends quite, has spent quite willy nilly on a few things. Um, I like it in principle, although yeah, the details are probably um, probably could be sharper. Do you like political civility? It's something that's been on my mind for years. Seeing America at breaking point with Donald Trump as president, the Brexit debate which divided the UK for many years and in some ways still going on now. It seems like there is so much noise out there and we can be under the illusion that the nastiness spouted by others on Twitter has to be the norm in political discourse. One of the ways you can really help Josh and myself out is to subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review wherever you choose to listen. This will really help more people discover the show. We aim, as you know, to bring political civility back to people who want to discuss even the most contentious issues without forgetting about the humanity in the people that they speak to. Thanks for your support. And now, back to the show. I was going to, and this goes into the the grander talk about taxes, because as um, as Benjamin Franklin said, in the in this world, nothing is certain except death and taxes, which is one of my favourite sort of cynical quotes ever. But um, I just thought about the tiers that we have between tax. So if you earn the the basic rate, twenty percent. If you earn over 50,000 or just over, I believe, then it's 40%, and then it's 45% for 150,000. Um, as I've said before, I am a low tax guy. I would want it lower than that if I possibly could, but I understand that we have you know, a wonderful national health services to pay for. It just can't be lower than that because we do have things to pay for, and I totally get that. It can be lower in America because they don't have socialized medicine to pay for, for example. No, although there, there is an argument um, 
that if you had a flat tax system, uh, you can actually bring more tax in uh, because people are then looking at, I, th- I guess, the tax avoidance goes down. Um, mm. Yeah, I I know some I know some Republicans who are um who are pro flat tax. It just seems a bit, oh gosh, it, it it just seems slightly strange to me that someone who's someone who's on minimum wage is paying the same as some as as a multi billionaire. And yeah, no same. I yeah, I I mean, I I would actually kind of prefer it if for the forty. Um, the forty percent and the forty-five percent. If those rates could be brought down, but there could be a few more increments, so that those who are earning over maybe five hundred thousand pounds or a million are taxed a little bit more than them. Because I, I, I think that. Um, so if you earn over one hundred fifty thousand pounds, um, which I think even some senior GPs do, and you're being taxed forty-five percent, there's a difference between earning that money surely and earning like you know enough to buy the Isle of Flipping White. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I think there could be a a super rich top end tax, especially at a time um, like we are in. Um, yeah, I, I kind of with you. I think. I mean, it depends what it depends what it is. I do. I do think there is definitely a line between taxing and theft, but I, I I'm not entirely sure what that be. But if you could, like, for example, bring the forty percent when you hit fifty thousand, maybe down to say. 30% and then the other one down to 35 and then if you earn over let's say I don't know 800,000 pounds then it goes up to you know 40 or 45 or something like that I just would that maybe not be a bit fairer because you've gone from you know yeah definitely you could say upper class you know life maybe more sort of upper class basic life 150,000 pounds to multi-millionaire multiple mansions that sort of thing surely there's a difference between those two yeah Absolutely, yeah. Surely there must be, and and you know, income taxes are regressive tax in that uh, low earners save and invest less money, so they're paying a larger proportion of their income to these to taxes. So you can invest in your pension tax free up to a, a certain amount, can't you? But if you're on say fifteen thousand pounds, twenty thousand pounds, or whatever, uh, not much of that is probably going on pension uh, or savings. I imagine a lot of that's going back out the door to pay for things which means as actually as a percentage um you're or as a real term you're paying a, a greater chunk of your salary away to taxes also yeah okay well if if i ask you this because i know that, that a lot of this sort of rhetoric is very common on the on more of the left side but you know when you hear the people say that there are some people who should be taxed you know like 70 percent 80 percent 90 percent do you think that maybe there's a bit of a a bit of a culture there of maybe envy or or, or jealousy or maybe anger towards people who are who are wealthy? I think there's definite anger. Uh, I'm not sure on the other two. I suppose that could be people's personal preference. But I suppose it's, it's largely important that the majority of people that say tax should be 60, 70, 80, whatever. Um, I guess if they mean that into the current system, so i.e. anything you earn over the cap is then taxed at that. So if you earn £55,000 here, you've got your... A chunk of that is paid at 20%. Mm-hmm. A chunk of that's at 40 Yeah, And then 
a few quid of that will be at 45 or whatever the thresholds might be. So if there were more incremental thresholds that, let's say for math, just for maths, anything you earn over a million pounds was then at 50% tax. So if you earn a million, if you earn 2 million quid, that second million, half of that would be taxed. I think that's what they're coming, where people are coming from, but I'm not sure that's right or wrong. It doesn't feel particularly right with me. Um, but I think most of it is is anger. There's a big movement on the left uh, asking about the need for billionaires. Should there be billionaires? And I've kind of, I've started becoming a bit more sympathetic towards that now. Largely, I can't because I don't think you'll see a billionaire who's become a billionaire without screwing over a large amount of people. Um, I'd love to be proven wrong on that, but it seems that I won't mention names because they. Obviously, I'm way more lawyers than I could afford. But um, there seems to be, you know, these multi-billionaires that have got their way by hard deals or, you know, kind of stabbing people in the back uh, and that kind of thing. So, and the difference between a multi-millionaire and a billionaire is vast, isn't there? Um, hmm. So I, I've started coming over to, to sensitive to the argument of, do we, you know, should we have billionaires? Is that reflective of a broken system? Well, um, actually, I'm going to be slightly controversial here, and I'm going to actually say that I think in some way it is. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> I don't know exactly what to do about that. And, no, me neither. I, and that's, and that's, and that's the problem. I, I would personally say, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be comfortable earning that kind of money. It's sort of once a billionaire, always a billionaire, isn't it? And unless you've yeah. um, earned your millions by the lottery and then you often become bankrupt in a year's time because you've been yeah. given so much money, you don't know what to do, do, with, to do it, with it. And then you've yeah, just exactly. blown it all. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that what I just, I, what I don't like is I don't like the demonization of rich people. I'm not saying that it's mm. a perfect system. It's not a perfect system. They do provide a lot of employment for people as much as you can have a go at Amazon. Agreed for yeah. um you know for amazon for not paying its flipping taxes and stuff which really angers me and that's one thing i really liked about bernie sanders even though economically speaking for the most part we are opposed he really wanted to put in new laws that will just get rid of any of the loopholes basically so that so, if you're going to be filthy rich you can be filthy rich but you pay flipping taxes pay yeah. yeah and i think that's um i think it's really interesting because actually one of the points on this corporation tax should it seems almost irrelevant what the percentage is if people like Starbucks declare that they don't make a profit in the UK. Mm. I'd much rather a government focus on getting people to pay the, their taxes as opposed to arbitrarily picking out a percentage that they feel comfortable with. Yeah, just like I've said, I don't like the demonization of rich people, but at the same time, is it reflective of a slightly broken system that you have some people on billions and you have, well, you know, some people over here who are in poverty and then you know straightforward poverty in in the third world and such yes i do I, unless you were to get all of the every single country in the world to crack down and do something about it it's never going to change because you know we we say if we were to say over here right there should be no billionaires we're going to tax them at ridiculous rates they'll just go over to america uh, yeah, exactly. You know, and if America and, did it, then yeah. they would go somewhere else, and th that's the that's the problem. I just, I, I I'm not going to say there necessarily shouldn't be any billionaires. I do think that it's still 
reflective of a slightly broken system but i just don't know what to what what do you do about it and i just taxing them doesn't get rid of the problem at all no exactly it's almost that you would rather or what i would you know one would rather then not be able the system that kind of prevents it as opposed to then dealing with it once you have them um but kind of moving on i think the and other bits in the budget that I thought were interesting mm. um, that furlough is carrying on until September. Yeah. Um, I think which is great news. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw a lot of people thinking, ah, if we've got furlough going on, that means we're going to have another lockdown, uh, which I don't think is true. I don't think we will have another lockdown. Um, obviously, I can't predict the future. I think the government will just extend the furlough scheme until as long as it's needed to be extended for us. So I think yeah. that when we're, when we're on the way out pretty much of the pandemic and people aren't being furloughed and businesses are gradually getting back up, then they'll, um, then they'll stop it, won't they? Yeah, there's going to be an element of um, some companies, their business will return day one. So come June the 21st or April 12th, whenever they open, um, they're going to get a lot of business. Some might just switch back on, but there's going to be some that's going to be incremental um, and as these as these businesses dust themselves off and their customers start coming back slowly, then they can start kind of unfurloughing, if that's the word, uh, people mm. um, and bringing them back in slowly. And I think, you know, if this is helping businesses survive, yes, it's fairly costly, but actually it's so much cheaper than, um, you know, getting people on universal credit or watching the, or having fewer corporations to tax if they all go under. So I think furlough is one of the, real successes um on that there's you know some for the um for the self-employed people who are have been included um there's gonna be a third and fourth grant which is great news Uh um because again you know similar to furlough people and corporations you know their shops have been Oh, for, so for my wife for example salon's been been closed for the whole time uh great news that we'll be able to get some kind of more grants. I, there still seems to be, well, it's still a shame that the, th- the so-called three million um, have missed out. And again, I thought the budget might have been a chance to somehow try and bring them back and rectify them. I just wonder if there's going to be a lot of angry self-employed people come the next election mm. um, that I feel that they've you know, have somehow managed to survive this year without getting a penny from the government. So what does civility mean? The dictionary definition says formal politeness and courtesy in behaviour and speech. What I've realised about political anger is that it's actually a temptation. Sometimes we have to thumb past tweets that we want to respond to, but realise that if we did we'd only add fuel to the fire. And what about our friends, families? We all know someone who's got opposing views to us. The question is how do you treat them? Make the world a better place by talking about politics in a manner that is civil, kind, and brings out the best in others. If you have any stories, drop us a tweet at the Red Blue Pod. Now, back to the show.
So one thing uh, I know it's Aaron was um, I think inheritance taxes being frozen, um, hmm. which and then uh, conversely to income tax, I assume that's actually a relatively good thing in that means that people won't be paying more inheritance tax than they're paying at the moment. Um, so I assume that means there's going to be no extra money in the kitty coming through that. Hmm. Um, just as a kind of philosophical and political, political uh, point, where do you stand on inheritance tax? It's interesting. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm quite strong on this, but I, I am not in favour of inheritance tax at all. And the reason why I'm not in favour is, is because I just don't, I don't think it's the government's right or their business to get involved when someone is dead. And I think that they should have the right to give away as much money as they would want to to their relatives. I I know that that would have some kind of knock-on knock on effect to the money that's in the system that is delivering other things. But I just, I don't, it doesn't sit morally right with me to, to do that to someone. And I know that there are some people who are giving away hardly anything when they die and there are some people who are giving away millions and millions and millions and I know it will probably further the the problem that we were just talking about about billionaires and stuff but I just don't th- I just don't think it's moral to do that that's just my view on it anyway yeah I'm always I'm always really torn on inheritance tax and I feel that I'm kind of with you a bit that I don't feel that um, the government should be kind of getting involved hmm. with it but then, and then on one hand, I feel that it often screws people over that are just, you know, working class or uh, middle class mm-hmm. that might have a family house um, that mum and dad paid off uh, many years ago, then have passed away. And then suddenly you've got the family house, but you can't afford to keep it because of tax. Um, that happens, I think, more common than you would think. So that doesn't seem right to me. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm sure there's you know, some stuff that might have been done to do that and I know that when you're alive you can kind of transfer stuff without um, so much taxation although then I think if you then die after you've done that within X amount of years you have to pay inheritance tax something like that so yeah. it feels a bit com- I think I think this is part of the problem I think for a lot of people a lot of normal people it probably feels it's probably one thing they don't think about particularly um, you know if your parents or grandparents are poorly um, I imagine inheritance tax is not probably high up on your list of priorities, um, although it probably becomes it the rich you are. So therefore, I think at the richer end, um, at the wealthier end, they, again, there's probably ways to exploit it, isn't there? Loopholes and trusts and things that can be done, hmm. which probably means it's the uh, the wrong people are getting feeling the real pinch to it yeah so it's, yeah. No, it's not affecting the people that, that would get tax loads from it because they've got their other means but it is hurting the people who are working class and middle class potentially so yeah i, I see what you're yeah. saying I, I think that just where i come down to it is that i do fundamentally believe that there are some things that government should get involved in and other things that shouldn't mm. and i and i actually have the same stance on stamp duty so i i, I think that once you bought a house that land, that house, it's yours. And, I, and just because you've decided to move house, I don't think the government has a right to come in and say that we have to have some kind of stake in it. I just, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I sort of have the same perspective on on both those things. I, I just think that there are some things that the government shouldn't get involved in. And you dying, even though you've paid tax all your life, you somehow need <laughs> to spend life, more. Yeah, and, more. And then you know, like, it's it's a bit of kicking the kicking the balls, isn't it, to die 
pay taxes your whole working life and then as one final thing you know sign a load over to the government well yeah um, and just in terms of going back to the previous quote the only thing is certain in life is death and taxes in that case it's death and taxes at the same time at the same time yeah, yeah. and my, my only bit where i become conflicted with it is if you have a multi or a, you know so a person with a shed load of wealth um i don't quite like the idea of inherited millionaires doesn't really sit well with me but then at the same time if they're if that parent has done whatever they needed to do to be able to come become a millionaire mm. and of course some of that in, includes exploiting a system whatever but yeah should we then say oh sorry your child can't enjoy the fruits of your labor doesn't really sit well with me but on the other hand i don't really and maybe this is a jealousy thing i don't really like the idea of just inherited millionaires no i know what you mean yeah because you yeah. well if you if people are millionaires you want to think that they've actually earned it rather than just being inherited i totally i totally get what you mean i guess for me it's just the fact that i just wouldn't want the government to come in and make those decisions for people because yeah they they may well have been yeah it's all inherited and they just screwed people over and stuff but then it could have also been that someone you know came over to the uk in the 1940s bought a big you know barn house for 10p or whatever it was back then and now it's like you know millions of pounds and stuff and it's just being people are being screwed over even though they've paid taxes the whole off like you say so it's it's really it's tricky no, that kills me. So um, on, on stamp duty, uh, similar thing. Stamp duty is an absolute bitch as well, isn't it? That you, You're you buying a house which is expensive enough mm-hmm. because, as you kind of jokingly alluded to, our parents and grandparents could buy houses for, I don't know, four times their salary maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A house might have been uh, where ours, a, mo- a modest house, um, is probably more like 10 times the salary. Uh, but you need... A deposit the size of t- 10, 15, 20% of the house. Yeah. Um, before you can even get it, regardless of whether you can afford to pay um, rent or not. So, most often, more often than not, people may be, might be paying a grand and a bit in rent. And then, if they're ever lucky enough to get a mortgage, it drops down to eight, nine hundred quid. Mm. And it makes you, th- it, just, it just seems it's a bit of a broken, well, I think it's a really broken system, our housing system. But you think that the government, if, they, if the, there was to be stamp duty, that if it was easy to buy a house, you could actually make stamp duty a fairly reasonable size uh, and then charge it more frequently if you were going to use it as a generator of income. I'm kind of with you. I don't really think that the government should be getting taxed whilst we buy a house. I agree, um, yeah. I, I think the, the only time where... I, okay, I still don't like it, but the only time where I can maybe understand it a bit more is when people are buying a second home. So I can yeah, understand um, I can understand that a little bit more. But if you know you you know you you know Judy and David who just want to you know move somewhere else because you know he's got a different job and then they have to pay you know five thousand. But it's just like what the hell has that got to do with the government? I, I just I don't I, I just don't feel like I, I agree with it morally. I just don't think the government yeah. should be getting. I think that if if income tax is slightly more um, simplified so you know that when you get a cheque stuff goes to the government just that's just what happens but everything else the government isn't as involved in I just think would just simplify things a bit and I I just I personally just find them slightly immoral really because I just think again I just don't I think there are certain things that the government should should just not get involved in and moving house (laughs) I don't yeah I mean you think if you're buying a relatively new house 
whoever's built it has paid VAT on all the materials. Yeah. Uh, they've paid PAYE income tax to all the people that have built it. Um, paying, you, you pay council tax. You're paying a solicitor who are paying people. So there's a lot of money going back into the economy. Bring political civility back by joining us every Friday on the Red and Blue podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Red Blue Pod, where both Josh and I, Aaron, will be tweeting our thoughts throughout the week.